0: Hello everyone and welcome to Beyond the Bar. It's Elizabeth Magazine and today we are going to talk about how to motivate and retain your employees. Now, a lot of the audience, um, a lot of you are lawyers. You're either associates in law firms, you're paralegals, legal assistants, or senior partners. And Um, I recently wrote an article in Forbes, which is being published this week, which I'm excited about, and it's all about how to retain, as a senior partner, how to retain your junior associates. However, I know that a lot of you listening are somebody that maybe I've mentored in the past. I know that a lot of my former employees have told me from the uh, prior companies that I've worked at. They listen to this podcast, which is very exciting. It makes me so happy that even after leaving um, a competitor, they still listen to me and they're excited about um, learning from the different experiences that I've had. So I am going to talk to you all about how to motivate employees but you may be an associate. So I will try to keep this about just in general communication in the workplace, because I think that's something we can all relate to. So years ago, when I was a lawyer in a very boutique firm in downtown Chicago, I was approached, I was at a holiday event, and I was approached by a senior partner at a larger firm who asked me if I would jump ship and come to work for him. I was very close with my mentor, my boss. He was a family-owned small law firm. We had about 10 employees total. And I was close with his family. He made me feel so invested in the firm. And I said no, even though this partner offered way better benefits and more money. I felt very strongly that in order for my career to progress the right way i needed to show loyalty and stay at one firm for several years before making a move it seems now in in the work world that it's easier to to really switch jobs more quickly and you know i believe that the reason is because we are so programmed through social media to Be approached by other companies, and we're always being solicited, we're always being bombarded by something that looks better, right? The glass is always, you know, half empty, and that other's position makes the glass look half full. What I have found in having talked to some of our employees who've left my company and gone elsewhere is the grass isn't always greener on the other side. That yes, when you're in an hour interview with somebody and they're telling you how amazing their job is and the position, everything looks rosy-colored, like amazing. And then you're actually in the work world. And my dad used to say they call it work because it's actually work and it's not play or fun. And I think about that on a regular basis. I believe that you should be passionate and excited and driven by what motivates you, and that the work you do should feel meaningful, and that you should get pleasure out of what you do. And I get excited every day because I talk to people who are helping on a regular basis. But at the same time, it's a job. And so there will be parts of your job that are laborious or difficult. And so I think it's important when you're being solicited by another company through either LinkedIn or in, you're on Indeed looking around or you're Googling, to remember that work is work and that just because you go to another company doesn't mean that some of the problems that you're facing in your current job are going to be fixed in the new job. You'll trade one set of problems often for another set. And I, I think that's something that I, I really cannot stress enough is, is figuring out a way in your current environment to find the joy in what you do on a regular basis. And it starts with communication. And so whether you're the boss or you're the employee, I think that the first element of a good work relationship, employer-employee, is in individual communication. And many people follow the money, right? You're looking at, hey, that job looks great. I can make $10,000 more a year. And so I think what's important in deciding whether or not you're going to move into a different role or or switch to another company is that sometimes that lateral move that offers a little more money will not be the best move in the long run. So communicate as an employee with your employer, whether you're a lawyer talking to the senior partner or you're an employee in a company who decides that you're going to go to another company because the benefits are a little better or you're going to make a little more money, go to your employer and ask them you know, what they offer and what they can do for you to help you financially. If you're the employer, if you're the senior partner in a firm, one of the ways that you can incentivize your junior partners or your junior associates is by offering some type of an incentive for each case that they settle And if they hit a certain plateau, then pushing the bar even higher. And I know many of you senior lawyers do this. You offer your associates a compensation plan where if they settle X number of cases a year, they kind of jump into another percentage and they can make extra money based on the volume of the cases that they settle. In addition, And this is really something that I did as a young associate. The best way to really prove yourself to your employer is by bringing in your own business. That is something that I cannot stress enough. Any, whether you're in sales in a company or whether you're um, a lawyer, an associate in a law firm, if you have your own book of business, you will generate considerable money for yourself and for the firm, and you will become invaluable in ways that I cannot even tell you. And that was something that I didn't even realize when I was a junior associate. I would go to women's events and talk about, this was the beginning, this is how dated I can be, the beginning of the Americans with Disability Act. It was brand new, and I found a way to go in front of a women's conference and speak to other women about the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. I wrote a paper on it and I went and presented. And as a result, people called me for advice and then I ended up receiving lots of referrals as a workers' comp personal injury attorney that way. Another thing that I did to generate business is to write and submit articles to the trial lawyers organizations that they published. And then I was able to get speaking engagements and became a specialist in law and psychology. So once you get your niche, you can really buy yourself anything. So creating your own value in the company that you work at. So whether you're an attorney trying to generate business or you're a salesperson out there trying to work on getting more business, figuring out what you're good at and then maximizing the potential, and then going to your employer and saying, this is what I bring to the table, and I think that I deserve to receive more compensation or better benefits, and these are the reasons. So making sure that you meet your goals, but not just meet them, you should exceed them. You will then have value that goes beyond words. So that's the first way, you know, I think that you can really create your own value. And even if your company that you are currently at or your law firm you're at doesn't offer the most competitive salary, if they value other ways that you can add value to the company and let you sort of find your niche, let you find your passion, that's invaluable, right? Now, one thing that, you know, I've done in the past is as an employer, and I'm I'm talking to both of, you know, the employer and the employee in this podcast because I know that many of you, I don't want to alienate anyone. I want everybody to feel included. But one thing I've done to retain employees is to create a stay interview. And if you're the employer, this is a great tool. If you're the employee, perhaps you mention this to your, your boss and you tell them about it. So I know you've all heard about exit interviews. Those are interviews where you sit your employees down and they give you a laundry list of all of the reasons that they are not happy anymore at the company. So a stay interview is something that I've performed where you ask your employees now, what do you love about your job? What motivates you most? And what are your challenges? What What would incentivize you to stay? And what would make you leave? These are pretty intense questions. Sometimes you may want to give them a survey or something to fill out if you feel that they wouldn't be completely open and transparent with you. But many times what I've learned is that money isn't always the answer. So we talked about you know, hey, you've got a job offer, you could be making more money. Is that the way to go? Many of the younger employees, the millennials, have basically told me that in lieu of more compensation, they would prefer work-life balance, which would include extra PTO time. It would include more vacation time. And those are things that are important to them. I was really surprised. So I was able to individually figure out ways to compensate people, sometimes not with a raise. Sometimes it would have to do with an extra PTO day or more flexibility. I mean, in in this way we're working now, the one thing I've really learned is that flexibility is something that you just cannot put a number on. Many of you would rather have this flexibility in your work life than be on a time clock and make more money. So that's been eye-opening during the pandemic is seeing how motivated people are when they're able to have more flexibility. And they still work. I mean, I'm definitely somebody, I work much better when I'm not, chained to an office chair, when I'm able to get out, meet with people, and then I'm in the car and I'm on the phone, I'm able to multitask like there's no tomorrow. So I completely understand people who are similar to me and who could be productive not always having to be chained to a desk. So another thing about communication with the employer-employee relationship is to develop some type of mentor and that's something that i feel really excited about and i like i said you know some of you listening to this podcast worked for me in the past and i'm so excited that you're on here and that you know we're still in touch some of us a lot of us i'm really proud of some of the employees that we've had who've moved on into other career paths or they're on the road and they'll call me and say hey i just had a great meeting and i couldn't have done it without you that makes me really excited, and passionate about what I do on a daily basis. And I also had people who mentored me along the way. And I know Alyssa Moss, who's my business partner at Momentum, she has mentors that she still keeps in touch with as well. So build relationships, whether you're the employer and you're the senior partner, build that relationship with your associates If you're, you know, the sales manager, build that relationship with your sales team and make sure that they're individual relationships. So in a smaller company, it's easy. I reach out regularly. I know what's going on in the employees' lives personally. That helps a lot. I mean, you know where their struggles are, where their challenges are, and then you can tailor your daily work life. And really motivate them based on what they're going through at the time. And you really want employees to feel comfortable coming to you with anything before they get solicited by that other competitor who's trying to take them from you. You want that employee to come to you and say, hey, and this happens regularly. I just got approached by XYZ company or XYZ law firm and they would like me to come on board. I love working for you, I wouldn't leave. You know, It's that personal connection that you develop because I always say when I'm interviewing somebody, especially for a sales position, I ask myself, would I want to go to lunch with this person if it wasn't in a work setting? Would I just want to be friendly with that person and and have a nice lunch with them? And if the answer is yes, they pass that first test with, you know, me personally in hiring. And so when we hire somebody, these are typically people that you want to be with. It's a team of people. Now, that being said, I highly recommend diversity and inclusion because if you hire people that are, you know, all the same, I don't think you're going to build the type of culture that will really move a dial in this day and age and in this work world. So I think it's really important to be around you know, so many different types of people that have all different kinds of backgrounds. I think that's what's gonna build an incredible culture. Next, it's what can you do to offer a career path for employees? If employees feel stagnant, whether they're an associate who feels like hey listen i'm never going to make partner the partners are smith smith and smith three generations the grandpa the dad and the son and i'm just doing all the work i don't feel like anyone has my back i'm not a smith and i'm never going to make that that partner board so i think that's really important for the lawyers and you know who are senior partners is talk to your associates about the path to a partnership. Everyone wants to feel like they have something to work for. Or if this is a different type of business, talk to your employees about what your career path would look like as the company grows, where you could see them. Do you have a career path? Is there a goal of what you'd want to accomplish? So a lot of the associates, when you ask them in the law firms, they'll tell you, hey, listen, I have no idea. I think you've got to be related to the family, especially in the smaller personal injury firms, to be able to make partnership. But what I'm seeing out there is quite the opposite. Many of the smaller to mid-sized personal injury trial firms are elevating their their junior associates to junior partners. They want them to have a seat at the table with them. They are looking for growth and they want you invested. That is so important in this day and age is just that everyone's on the same team working for the same goal. And so I cannot stress enough, whether you're the employer or the employee, start that conversation. Where do I go from here? Where's your career path? When would I be able to make partner? Will I ever make partner? It's really important that these questions don't go unanswered. That's when your employees will start to look around. That's when the other law firm calling your associates will snag them away. Um, Discussing the road to partnership will help your associates feel confident about what their future looks like and the same for every other business. And if you're the employee, you can always have that crucial conversation with your employer. Everybody wants to know what they're working towards. Everyone needs goals, and everybody needs to know what their job description is and what your employer wants you to do to be successful and get to that next level. Another thing I really wanted to talk about with all of you today is culture, a work-life culture. I always say we spend more time at work than we do at home. I mean, think about, think about the number of hours a day that you are with. It used to be physically with your work associates, with your other employees, with your you know, if you're a senior partners, you're with your whole team of legal assistants, paralegals, and you're only home a few hours in the evenings. And many of those nights you're spending working anyway, after hours, since it seems that we are reachable now 24 hours a day. That will be a whole nother podcast. I actually have an unbelievable podcast planned um, for all of us on how to put those devices down. So Stay tuned because that will be another episode of Beyond the Bar, how to be more productive in less time. So build a culture. And whether you're the employee or the employer, you can have a part in the culture at your office. So what does that mean? Well, that means make it fun. You know, we're at work all these hours. And if, it, if it's not a little bit fun, if you can't laugh a little then you start to get disgruntled and that's when employees definitely start to feel stagnant and they start looking around now remember like you know my dad used to say they call it work because it's not that fun and if it was fun they'd call it play or fun so it's still work obviously we talked about that before we've got to balance you know being at work and and really making the dial move with making it at the same time fun. In our business, it's it's a little bit easier because we're developing relationships and we're talking to people. And that's something I'm incredibly passionate about is communication, really getting to know people. And that's the whole business is developing these relationships and then helping people. But if you want to make sure that your company does not lose their star employees, if you're the lawyer and you don't want to lose your star associates, Start by building a really fun culture. And I am so excited about this topic and happy to talk to any of you offline about the culture. One thing that you can do is internally market, which means contests, events, parties, lunches, bring in breakfast, theme days, anything you can think of. We used to have FaceTime Fridays with law firms where we would send the firms, you know, drinks and then we would all sit and have happy hour and do some FaceTimes and we made it fun and we had the employees excited. We'd put music on in the office and everybody would be singing and dancing. You know, of course, we're dealing with people who our clients were very much down and out and having pain and that would be a struggle. So we would make sure to be very considerate about how we kept ourselves motivated while also being really respectful to the clients who we were helping. But sitting at a phone with a headset on, talking for 10 hours a day can often get laborious. Or if you're an attorney going through documents, sitting through Zoom depositions and mediations for hours at a time, it also gets laborious. So if you could come up with an environment that you include team building and make themes and just have everybody connect, that's something I highly recommend. You can even implement a bonus system that involves your entire company and you can then reward people for their work. We recently signed up for something at Momentum called Bonusly, which is a system that allows the employees and upper management to give little bonus points to people who go above and beyond to thank them. It's an encouragement, hey, you did a great job. I want to encourage, you know, employee John for, you know, really staying late today and helping me out when I was in a bind, that kind of thing. And then eventually you get enough points and they can convert these into gift cards and then have something fun to look forward to. Another idea for a law firm especially, there's a couple firms, they do firm retreats where they include the firm's families and they have them all. I have one firm that does something on a cruise ship pre-COVID where they would you know, invite their employees and their spouses to take a cruise for a week. Great team building, really motivates people. They look forward to it all year long. Implementing a system or some type of yearly retreat can really add that extra something to motivate people. I've done sales retreats in the past. I actually, in, in a prior company, took um, ten outside offices to a lake, rented a house, rented a boat, and we really we learned, but we had fun while we were learning. Uh, Recently, even during COVID, we did something on the beach where we spread out. We did self-defense classes, beach yoga, and of course, because it's me, we did some wine tasting, which is always fun. So it's really important, I think, to think about work and how it can be more than just work, right? How can we create an environment and a culture where if you're a law firm, your employees, your legal assistants, your paralegals, and your, your junior associates can thrive, have goals, have things that motivate them, and things to look forward to. And additionally, if you're um, an employer in a sales environment, same to you. You know, Coming up with ways to motivate your team, listening to them could not be more important. And each individual, remember, is different. So what motivates employee one is not going to be what motivates employee two. You've got to hear each person out and hear what it is that's important to them and what makes that individual employee tick. Giving people a safe place to be able to express what their needs and wants are without feeling like it will come back as a punishment later is very important. Giving them that safety, that, that you know, letting them be vulnerable. I mean, to me, I'm a big, if any of you know who Brene Brown is, I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. And, um, you know, something about work is similar to relationships at home. Being able to be vulnerable and brave means speaking your inner voice, holding things inside are just going to make you unhappy. And when you have to spend more time at work than you do at home, it's so important that you feel heard and that you feel good about what you're doing and passionate about your work. So that's beyond the bar. This was a really fun one. It's not always easy when you're speaking for 26 minutes to yourself. However, All of you out there are the ones that make this podcast, um, make it happen for me. I've been getting some great feedback from a lot of you out there listening. And that's been very motivational for me. And I will keep doing this as long as you keep listening. Thank you so much. And I will talk with you soon. Can't wait to the next one.